Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Productivity Podcast. Today, we're going to share about creating a movement with transformation with your audience and helping us is Tom Friedman with Defiant Enterprises. Tom, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, Brittany, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to uh, have this conversation. Really looking forward to it the entire week. So let us begin. Yes, I love it. So you guys can read about Tom. We'll have some show notes here, but why don't you just kind of dive in and give us your story and your entrepreneurship journey? I know there's lots of twists and turns as with any entrepreneur, I'm sure. Oh, well, thanks, Brittany. Yeah. Uh, so starting off, uh, number one, I meet a lot of uh, people throughout the day and, and that's always my favorite thing to learn, right? The story behind it. Um, for me, my father was an entrepreneur, so I grew up in an entrepreneurial household. So when, as soon as I got out of college and, and as soon as I was able to open my own business, it was an, like the first natural step for me, right? So like a lot of people go through this experience where they had like a huge buildup of fear and all that kind of stuff. I remember clearly when I opened my first business at 20 that I did have anxiety before the doors opened up the first day, but not the fear of like, of leaving like, let's say a high paying job and like having to deal with the fear of like what happens to my family and everything else. So I started early and let's fast forward now. This is six businesses later and I've pretty much, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've had mild success in the small business area, somewhere between one and $40 million in annual revenue. I love small business. I love the game. I love the people. I love all these things. And the business that I do now is the, one of my biggest pride and joys because I can really give back of a culmination of winning and losing uh, along the way and helping a lot of folks out in areas that I had challenges with you know, throughout that entire career of owning, running, and operating different businesses. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's um interesting how everyone's entrepreneur journey starts. Like I had zero entrepreneurship in my family and somehow I was like, hey, let's start a business. <laughs> and it sounds like yours was just kind of naturally handed down to you. So I love that. Um, cool. Well, let's dive in. So we're kind of talking about creating this movement and transformation. Um, so let's kind of talk about like the differentiators between like transactional relationships versus like transformational relationships. If you want to start there. 100%. Yeah. Look, the, the normal way to grow a business is, uh, is the traditional format is to literally uncover or hunt for leads. Right. I mean, and we yeah. give them, get them in a multitude of ways. Right. I mean, you got all the digital marketing stuff of like, you know, of, of trying to do SEO and pay per click and all this type of stuff. Right. And, and you're also getting referrals coming in. You're doing all this like networking stuff and trying to figure out how am I going to get my next lead. Right. And then when you look through it, Brittany, it's, it's like, it's incredible how much time it absorbs in literally just finding the work. And this has nothing to do with what, uh, how, like why your business even exists, right? This, this isn't fulfillment. This isn't operations. This is literally just uncovering rocks to find one that says yes <laughs> to what you do, right? And it's tough. It's not easy, right? Uh, and so the crazy part about it, Brittany, is this. If you're this, if you're, if you're obsessed enough with growth 
In other words, you fail. You, you will not fail. You literally will not take that for an answer. You can beat the system almost every single time. You can outwork it. Volume, 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 transaction, transaction, transaction. And if you uncover enough rocks, you will 100% grow. The issue with that is that you pay a huge cost. And that is this. You will guaranteed hate your life. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to say it. You win, but you lose in the same category. So to me, there's two ways to grow a business. There's a transactional way, and then there's a transformational way. A transformational way says, I'm going to say no to everything that I don't want. And it's brutal. It's hard. Because a lot of times, especially in early in business, you need the money. And so you start saying yes to whatever, right, has a check checkbook, right, and can pay for whatever services that they want. And oftentimes, it's not even in your core competency. And so, like, fast forward a couple of years down the road, you ask people, like, to give an elevator pitch. You see it all the time, Brittany. You talk to tons of people. And you say, tell me what you do for a living. And they li- literally give you, like, a laundry list of things that they do. And the way that that happens is that they kept saying yes to things just for the money and for growth in and of itself versus what they truly want, clients that they want, the work that they love, right? They, they don't say yes and no based on that. They say yes for growth in and of itself. And I've been there. I've been there before. It's tough. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. We all have, right? The mindset stuff behind it, the scarcity. I know that I've talked about my horrendous client story on here before. Um, gut told me not to do it. Brain said, this is lots of money. Shut up, gut. <laughs> I did it anyway, and it didn't end well, right? So I think there is a lot of scarcity around it and like making up services like, oh, that's what you need me to do? Cool. I'm going to do that too. And I'll also do that. And I'll also do that. So there's a ton of mindset that goes behind that, I think. So where, how do you, because I feel like everybody has to go through a little bit of that, right? Like everybody has to kind of go through this period of figuring out what they like, figuring out what they don't like, figuring out what they're good at, what they're not good at. Like, how do they transition from that into more of this transformational saying no to things, um, that kind of, that kind of space? Oh man, what an excellent question. So some of us are are blessed with knowing exactly what we want. And you can choose whatever word you want. I don't know if it's blessed for you. We're lucky enough to know exactly what we want. A lot of us do not. A lot of us think we know what we want, but like we're not really exactly sure. So sometimes it's okay to wide cast that net at first and say yes to a few opportunities, as long as you understand one thing, that you're going to eventually rein it back in. In other words, I'm going to have a like literally set in my calendar an evaluation and go, where am I at today? What do I like? What do I don't like? What can I perform better than anybody else? Right? What, where's my value points and where's my point of happiness? What, which clients do I like? What, what, what clients do I really enjoy working with? What type of work do I like? And if you can take that data, that feedback and, and actually work with it. And so that you evolve along the way. I don't disagree with it in the beginning stages of evolution, right? I really don't. But what I see, unfortunately, Brittany, is that doesn't occur. What people, what typically happens is people get busy, busy beyond belief 
insane busy for small business owners wearing so many hats that they can't even see the top anymore, right? And that they had good intentions of doing that, but eventually it just gets into survival mode. I nonstop work 24 hours a day trying to tighten up everything I possibly can just so that I can keep business running. And that period of, of eval, right, the assessment, the change never occurs. So that's the problem. Okay. Yeah. Now, so do you feel like there's always going to be some of that like evaluation and change, like smaller changes as we're growing? Or do you feel like there is a point that you finally kind of get to that like things are good to go? Because I I do feel like you're right that people don't do that evaluation. They're just like, go, 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 go. They never stop. Uh, I talk about all the time, like making sure you're really tapping into like why you're doing this very often, like almost even quarterly, making sure everything's still in alignment, saying no to things. So do you feel like even when you get to that point, there's still going to be some growth and evaluation at some point, but do you feel like it maybe changes less than? Uh, I think it changes. I think it changes in a different way. In other words, like when you settle on what your true craft is, yep. right? Because at first, when you first get into business, you kind of know what you want to do. We just went through this, right? And it's a discovery phase. And you start saying yes to multiple things to find out what truly it is that is your calling. But once you settle on your calling, like what your craft really is, then it's commitment to craft, yep. right? So don't make, don't make 42 different crafts. That's impossible. <laughs> that is literally the definition of mediocrity, right? Like nobody can be great at 8 million things, right? But like once you figure out what your calling is, what that craft is, is 100% commitment to that. And so to answer your question, no, it never ends, but you're not doing discovery anymore of what that is. Yeah. Instead, it's now a new evaluation and evolution of going, how do I continue to refine this to become literally the best, best in my space that could possibly occur? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I think that, I mean, you hit on the point, right? Like people aren't taking the time to figure out what they even want. So they're on this like hamster wheel doing the things they think they want to do, but they've never like fully settled into that to take the time to do that. So once you've kind of settled into that craft and you're committed to it, you say that you have found that nobody really cares how hard you work or how much better you are at the thing or the promises, but it's, it's more about the transformation, right? And how you do it differently. So how do you determine that transformation once you've nailed down that craft and make sure that it's different from your competitors, right? Because there could be lots of other people doing the same thing once you've found that craft. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's also really fair, uh, you know, question. And, and look, now that goes into a stepwise procedure and, and anybody listening today is probably going through it, right? Nobody, the first thing is I'm a commodity, right? But you don't want to admit it, right? Everybody thinks that they're better and they, they tell everybody that they're better, but their message typically isn't all that great. It's not clear, c concise or compelling. They're just more or less stating the fact that I think I'm better and I'm going to tell everybody that I'm better. But unfortunately, nobody cares about that, right? Yep. So then the next phase is, finding out and admitting that you are truly a commodity, right? But yep. then you, and you're going to try and do something about it, right? So phase one, pretending that you're not a commodity. Phase two is, oh my gosh, 
I am a commodity. Phase three is I need to be different. I don't want to be treated as a commodity, so I want to be different. And that's called differentiation. And there's tons of books about it and everything else. And differentiation is awesome. It's one step closer, but it's not the end goal. Because distinguishing yourself is what you really want. Distinguishing shows that you're unique, not just different. Different doesn't necessarily get you the clients that you want. It doesn't get you pay that you want or that the, the work that you absolutely love. They don't secure all three of those. That's when it comes to distinguishing. That when you talk to somebody, people go like, I know a ton of people in your space, but I've never met you. I've never met somebody that thought about it that way. You're so unique in your space that like literally I can't compare you to other people. And when you do that, Brittany, it's a whole new world because people don't question the prices or like the process or anything at that point. They literally believe in you so hard, wholeheartedly and you set yourself apart that this is when you can enjoy life where people start coming to you instead of you hunting them. It's a whole new world. Let's say we've gotten to that kind of, um, no, you know what? Let's even go back. Like how, how do we get to that point? Right. So let's say maybe we're at the space where we're like, all right, fine. I'm a commodity. How do I fix this? (laughs) What Mm. steps do they kind of go through then to get to that distinguished factor of like, oh no, I literally am the only person in the space that does this. Yeah. So step one is finding your voice, right? I'll say it again. Find your voice. What I mean by that is this encapsulates mindset and and your marketing. Your messaging needs to be on point, but it needs to go so fine for the details of like the overarching approach of strategy all the way down to the details. And I'll give you an example. The overarching approach just states this. What is your true statement? Why do you exist in the first place? Because if you don't know why you exist in the first place, it's going to be very difficult to to uh, to to have conversations in any, any stretch of imagination, whether it's a one-on-one call, whether it's a, 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 you know, a speech to hundreds of thousands of people, whether it's marketing material, whatever. If you don't know what your objectives are and what your true statement is, nothing else matters. But then let's get down to like the details. What is your guarantee? Right? Like, what are the things that you're going to, is, is there a reversibility clause in your contract? How are you different in that realm? You need to be 100% crystal clear on your entire business message. That means what you're telling other people, the message that you're telling other people, who your audience is, you need to clearly know that as well. And you be able, you, you need to be able to say that anywhere, anytime, any place in a clear, compelling, and, com- and uh, concise way. If you can't get that uh, apart, there's nothing else that's going to help you. So finding your voice by far is step number one. Be prepared. Know how to talk about your company and yourself at any given moment. Yeah. And I love that you touched on like, you have to have that higher level strategy with the details, right? Like I think so many people get caught up in the details of it and it doesn't match into why they exist in the first place, what their mission is. Like it doesn't fit into that. They're just kind of spewing things out. So that makes total sense. Like super crystal clear. What's the next step after they get that? So obviously that doesn't happen overnight, right? You've got to kind of like (laughs) filter that, finesse it, figure it out and really nail it down. But then after they've got their voice found, what's kind of the next step to distinguishing themselves? Yeah. 
Yep. Yep. So step two is build your audience, right? So let's assume that you do take all the steps needed to find your voice. You know exactly who your audience is, what your offers are going to be, and you can deliver that in a clear, concise, and compelling format, right? So like you've accomplished that. Stage two is to develop an audience. Now, please keep in mind that I use the word audience and not leads, right? Because the traditional way is to always constantly chase leads to figure out who needs you today. But Brittany, you know this, you're, you, you live in this space, yep. right? Chasing leads, even if you're good at them, is less than 3% of every human being that you can talk to on planet Earth, right? Or even better, right? Even in your ideal customer profile space. Only 3% of them or less at any given time is ready, willing, and capable of like pulling the trigger. That's not a game that you want to play, right? That's terrible odds. At that point, you probably just pick up poker and go hang out at the, uh, you know, at the casino, yeah. right? So like, <laughs> so like my recommendation is stop relying only on leads. Don't cut them off as leads come in by all means, take them, right? But you really need to invest in your company by building an audience. And that means I don't need to sell you today. All I'm just stating is that I recognize you as somebody that could benefit from what I talk about and the services that I have. I'm gonna provide amazing content to you in multitude of ways, right? And when you're ready for your reasons on your timeline, a whole jazz, you come to me, right? asking for help instead of me trying to force it down your throat. So it's a completely different process of accomplishing a following in audience versus you trying to uncover leads and sort of force that situation. Yeah, no, that's huge. And I, I think the marketing space is changing a little bit. <laughs> I think there's still a lot of people that are pushing like leads and DMs and cold messaging. I know that you're on LinkedIn. That's where we connected. I'm sure you get lots of them on a daily basis, just like I do. <laughs> um, but you're right. The, the audience side of it is huge because then when you've built this following of people, they're going to come to you when they're ready, but they're also going to talk about you to other people and it's just going to keep growing, growing. So I love that. Yeah. You know, just one point, Brittany, right? I mean, I want to make something clear, right? So lead generation in general, in, 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 in all different types of realms, in all different types of capacities, there are a number of excellent marketing companies out there that can drive leads. And I'm not against leads. I'm just stating that your company, if it only relies on lead generation alone, you never figure out how to distinguish yourself or build an audience. That means that the only game that you're going to play for growth is a volume game. And that's an exhausting process to go through. A very exhausting process. So there has to be a balance in some way, shape, or form. And audience is the way to go. Any other steps for this process to distinguish ourselves? Yeah, the final step for us is what we call actually growing your business. And this is different for everybody, right? So some people just literally go like, wow, like I've accomplished something. I've got the clients that I want, right? I'm, I'm, I'm literally doing the work that I love. I'm getting paid what I finally deserve. And honestly, if I can keep living life day by day and literally carry this thing through, it would be jumping jacks on my gravesite, right? Like it's awesome, you know? And that's all they want to do is just keep that up. Then other people that we chat with or that we are engaged with literally go, I want an empire, right? Like I yep. want to scale this bad boy. I want to grow it, right? And so you have to build this model around that that will support it. 
but under one context. And that is no matter how big we get, we still want it to represent, right? What we talked about before, audience-based versus volume-based, that you're literally building an entire company off of people, these, these clients that you actually want, right? Yeah. And, and literally doing only the work that you're absolutely 100% best at. If that ever changes, no matter how good you are or how big you are, rather, you are destined for mediocrity and back to commoditization. So that's the critical step is the third one, knowing exactly what you want to do for growth and scalability, as well as life formation, and then create that model or format around it. Yeah, no, I love that. And we, we talk about lifestyle and business and days by design here. So I've got my whole days by days by design operating system and kind of method that I take my clients through just kind of like you did your step by step, right? And I think you touched on it earlier is that you can grow your business in with just leads and referrals and hustling and leads and networking and that sort of thing. But you're going to pay this huge cost. So you get to this stage of like scaling and growing. Um, and you know what you want. I know that you have to have systems in place for that, right? That's obviously why I have a business. That's what I help people do. And what are some of those systems you feel like you have in place to kind of support the growth of your business once you've gotten to this distinguished factor and people are just coming to you? What are kind of those critical systems that you feel like play into scaling and growing? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say something provocative right now. And some listeners may agree with it and some uh, you know, listeners may not. Right. But here's the one provocative statement that I want everybody to sort of chew on a little bit. And that is this Uh, relationships in and of itself. Right. Are not going to be reliable to grow your business. Right. So like a lot of people do networking and on all this type of stuff. And don't get me wrong. Building strong relationships can be very beneficial. But if you look at the actual data that supports it behind it, you'll find out that most of their opportunities are from people that are not what we consider like our, our best partners based on like the relationship that we have. Relationships are very absorbing with time. They require a lot of FaceTime. You know what I mean? Whether that's virtually or not, it, it absorbs a ton of your opportunity costs. So I'm not saying don't build good relationships, but you better be careful with how many of those relationships that you do build and what legitimately you're getting out of it or giving to them. It's just not feasible to manage a huge portfolio of very, very strong relationships. It's not feasible. The human capacity ends at actually a pretty small number. So what my recommendation would be is that when you meet new people, set your expectations of like what you can do for them and what, what, what they can do for you. And when you do that, it's not necessary to have these recurring meetings all the time. Instead, value can be provided in so many other ways. Developing these systems and processes that you can stay in touch and keep them top of mind through email, through social, through all different types of, of platforms out there, as well as, uh, you know, electronics, as well as virtual meetings and everything else that you can legitimately stay in contact with folks without locking yourself into these repeated networking events that will literally drag your, your calendar to nothing left in the end, right? So like really focus on the process the systems and the processes that you're going to take everybody through, not just for the ROI on your sake, 
But that's the only way to manage a reciprocal relationship when you have more than 50, 100 people in your, in your portfolio. If you're networking and doing lead generation, that will click quickly climb to a thousand, two thousand, five thousand more in that pipeline. And everybody's valuable. So you need those processes and systems to be able to manage those relationships accordingly. That's I, I dive into that a lot is the CRM side of things, right? Customer relationship management software as far as what we do. And that's really, I mean, following up those relationships in a strategic way is the only way that it's not going to suck up all of your time every single day. <laughs> like you've And you've yeah. got like setting those expectations of the relationship from the beginning. What am I going to do for you? What are you going to do for me? I think that's huge. Are there other things from a like productivity standpoint, right? So like, let's say the business is humming along, everything's working, you're, you're kind of living out your lifestyle that you've created. What are some of the other systems and processes that you feel like come into play in your business or other people's business that you feel like they really have to have nailed down? Yeah. So I think, Brittany, you're the expert on this one. So I want to kind of like uh, touch on a subject that's coming up that's also a tiny bit provocative, right? So, and that is this. For small businesses, um, there are very rare, it's very rare that you'll come across a business that somebody's not making the choice on going with that business outside of the owner or the small team. It's very personality based. So in other words, for a small business, if I'm choosing your services, Brittany, I'm choosing it because of Brittany, not necessarily the services that you provide. Does that yeah, make sense? A hundred percent. Right. And so what people have a big problem with, especially folks that are like introverts or that are very good with the fulfillment, but they actually don't want to be the lead singer of the band. You know, plenty of people like that. They're not BD people. They're not salespeople. They're not whatever. They're good at something else. The problem is they want to constantly keep removing themselves from that that entire marketing, business development, sales position. The problem is that's destined for failure because it doesn't take an extrovert to be a great salesperson. It takes authenticity. Don't be somebody that you're not, but there are always people that want to connect with certain individuals and they're not always looking for somebody that is like, the charmer, right? Some people want somebody that is a truly operational based, a fulfillment person. So being that personality and learning to get in front of the right audience and being okay and vulnerable with who you are and stepping up to the plate to earn, right? Those client engagements because you are okay with who you are and what you deliver is the key to that. So productivity, Brittany, becomes this, chatting with somebody like you and going, how do I get people, processes, automations, technology, whatever that is, how do I support everything around me? Because ultimately, a small business is all, is like literally having a bullhorn and telling as many people as you can who you are and what you do. Everybody that surrounds that business in a small business is a supporting structure, not a lead singer of a band. And you hit on the authenticity piece. And I think, I think we're seeing that more and more people kind of getting out of their comfort zone. I know that's myself included. I've talked about the podcast, how I kind of started therapy from a personal standpoint and it's helped me from a business standpoint. But I think that's a huge piece that, um, people need to recognize is that the authenticity is what's going to build an audience of people that want to be around you, which will in turn turn into business if you've got everything nailed down. So I love that. 
Do you have any like favorite productivity hacks just from like a tactical standpoint of how you get things checked off your list or get things done throughout your week? Yeah. So like, let's go with some of the basics, right? And, and this is not going to be a shocker, right? Yeah. But I, I can't tell you how many people that I talk to that don't do this, right? So like, you know, obviously your email, your, your, your social media stuff has schedulers on that and templates, right? So like, if you don't make templates for your emails, right? Or you don't schedule your posts on social and stuff like that, it's very difficult to like get through your day and still be have time for everything else without causing complete chaos. Brittany, I'm sure you have people do this all the time. And it's a simple step, but like a lot of people know about it, but don't actually do it, right? I can't tell you how many times, I've got three kids of my own, one-year-old, a three-year-old, a 10-year-old, plus my businesses and a fantastic wife, right? That keeps everything together. But honestly, I may be at like two o'clock in the morning sending emails without the scheduler. I look like an insane psychopath. So (laughs) the good thing is I have to use that time when it's necessary, but I can schedule that stuff out and help with productivity, making my next day so much easier, right? So like that's a hack that's not a shocker, but like I guarantee there's a lot of listeners on today that go like, yeah, count me in. I'm the guy that like literally knows about it, but still hasn't done it. Well, I do it. Like that's such a great tool to help out with productivity. And I think, I think a lot of people do know about it and they're like, Oh, that takes too much time to set up. And I think what people don't realize is that you take that time once or twice and it's like on rinse and repeat. (laughs) So you're actually making time for yourself when you do that. So yeah, I have templates for literally everything. It's a, it's a lifesaver (laughs) for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's not only a lifesaver. The funny part is this, right? Without the templates, when you're in the moment and you're doing all the things and let's say you actually consume more than like one or two cups of coffee, yeah. a lot of times you'll be writing you'll be writing an email or doing a social post and at the moment you're like, Oh my gosh, this is brilliant, right? And then you hit send and then you look like go back and read it and you're like, That was the worst right. email I've ever <laughs> I've ever, I've ever produced, right? And it's the fact that you just didn't set up a template to begin with to create bones or a structure that all you had to do was small changes to it, but you already know that the, you know, that it's, it's worded the way that you want, right? That, that like all of, all of it, uh, the, the, the format is correct, right? The, you, you don't have spelling errors, things like that. So like, It really saves both time as well as mistakes. Awesome. Well, this has been great. I love any kind of process that you can go through, right? So like step one, find your voice. Step two, build your audience. Step three, grow your business. I love step-by-step things. So this has been amazing. Is there anything else that you feel like you want to share with our audience or cover before we wrap up? No, I, I will share this. Uh, I was lucky enough to um, to have um, some uh, money from a business that I sold, and I took uh, what I made from the business, and I poured it into a movement, a platform called DSBE, Defiant Small Business Exclusive. Defiant Small Business Exclusive is free of charge. We're not monetizing it. If you're a small business owner in any capacity, this is free for you to join. You can join a community of thousands of other business owners across the nation 
We have free online events that will help you out tremendously, plus connect you with amazing people. And we have a building resource and tools department to help with small business growth. And lastly, we did pay for a full support team that can really help with your experience along the way. So anybody out there that wants another platform for both resources and tools and meeting wonderful people, and completely free of charge, which is an awesome price always. Like we can connect anytime. Uh, go to www.dsbeexclusive.com. So actually, let me say that again, www.dsbeexclusive.com. But oh my gosh, we would love to have any entrepreneur in that capacity join us. Yeah, no, we'll absolutely drop that in the notes. Um, I actually just joined, so I'm excited to start coming to some of the events and maybe speaking and all the good stuff. So definitely go check it out. There's some awesome resources and people on there. Yeah, no, this is this has been super great. Thank you so much for coming on and we'll drop everything in the show notes here so you guys can uh, can go follow and all the good things. Is there a good place on social media that you hang out the most that they can come follow and hang out? I'm a LinkedIn guy. Most of the people yeah. that we work with are, right, uh, are, are small business owners right in that space. So find me on LinkedIn anytime and be happy to connect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you for the invite. This was an awesome opportunity and I had a lot of fun. All right, guys. Well, as always, if you need anything from us, feel free to reach out, Brittany at bcohq.co. And definitely go check out our private podcast that we just dropped, Days by Design, seven episodes, seven minutes. We walk you through our Days by Design operating system process to really create the Days by Design that you love and you're not working 17 hours a day. Um, so you can actually just go to b.link forward slash Days by Design. So we'll have that in the show notes as well. But thanks so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time.